This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. The Buck Sexton Show. Freedom Hut, I don't know if you know this, and I didn't know this, honestly. I just wanted to talk about chocolate. But today, December 16th, is officially Chocolate Covered Anything Day or National Chocolate Covered Anything Day. I didn't even know that was a thing, but apparently it's a thing. But we want to talk about chocolate, so the timing here is perfect. And to do that, we are joined by Chloe Roussel. She's the author of the book, The Chocolate Connoisseur for Everyone with a Passion for Chocolate. Chloe, thank you so much for giving us your time today. My pleasure. Uh, first, can we just start with a little bit of, I mean, I, I love chocolate. It's one of the things in life that, you know, that gives me pleasure and that I, uh, I can never give up and, and I'm so glad it exists. But tell me a bit about the history of chocolate, if you would. Well, uh, the history is quite long and I will try to summarize thousands of years in a couple of sentences. Um, okay, sure. So Mexicans say they invented the use, they were the first one to use cacao uh, as a consumption. That means uh, to cultivate the cacao tree to uh, make something out of it. And it was a currency and it was also a drink for the elite. But the Ecuadorians say they were the first ones. It doesn't matter really. It was at least uh, 1,000 years before Jesus Christ that cacao was already cultivated and transformed into drink. And cacao was a drink until about 1850. It is only recently that cacao is something you put in the mouth as something solid. And originally it was, when it was in the drink form, they didn't add sugar to it, right? It was sort of bitter and chilly. I've read a little bit about this. What was, and it was used for uh, religious practices by the Aztecs, or is that just a, an urban legend? Absolutely, you're right. Um, it was mainly a drink f- with water, no milk. It was the Spanish uh, who introduced the sugar and the milk into the recipe because uh, without sugar, it was far too strong for them, too bitter. And the uh, cacao was uh, mixed with many different spices, very different from the ones sometimes people add to the chocolate today. And it was used as a drink, as a ritual to uh, venerate the gods uh, to, uh, for special days like sacrifice days. And they used uh, to add a, a pigment that grows still in Mexico and is still used in Mexico to color a sauce. Uh, it is achiote, which, is, which gives a red color to the hot chocolate, and so it looked like blood. And you said until 1850. What, what changed in 1850? Well, it's not like an accurate date, but around, right, but the, around then. Yeah, around the 1850, it was uh, what we call the Industrial Revolution. It affected many areas on the chocolate, too. And 1815 roughly is around the moment where the first chocolate solid was uh, mixing sugar and cacao uh, as a solid food was created, and it was uh, created in the United Kingdom. And uh, then afterwards, the Industrial Revolution invented a series of machines that allowed to change the texture and the aromas of the chocolate to create the kind of chocolate bar we know today. What were some of the first big mass-produced, uh, you know, what were the names, you know, was, was sort of Nestle an original? What were the earliest 
mass-produced chocolates uh were they are, are any of the brands yes uh, the the most uh, the, the biggest brands that have been around for since we w- we were born are usually the founders of these uh, industrial chocolate like uh, nestle uh poulain in france uh hershey in united states Lindt, Lindt invented a machine very important for the development of the aromas called the conch. And Nestle was a partnership between uh, a man who invented the milk powder and uh, a man who used to make chocolate because chocolate is mainly fat. It's a good fat, but it's fat and you cannot mix water with fat. So you needed to invent milk powder to be able to make milk chocolate. And so the cacao beans come from tropical climates uh, around the world, South America and Central America, famously, but uh, they can be grown in other places. Right? Uh, West Africa has been a big producer in recent years. Where, where else does it come from? It's, uh, it's, it has to be grown in very specific climates, correct? Absolutely. Cacao needs all year long uh, heat and humidity. And therefore, uh, if you close your eyes and imagine the earth, you can draw a line, a belt around the equator line, about 20 degrees latitude north and south from the equator. And all the countries that are uh, over these belts that you draw as an imaginary belt around the world can grow cacao. So it started in what we call now Central and Latin America, but then it was moved in 1821 to Africa because the world needed most cacao. And afterwards, uh, and now it is uh, planted in Asia and in India. So all all these regions are uh, possible for cacao. The main producers are uh, Ivory Coast and Ghana. It's impossible to know exactly which one uh, produces how much because there is a lot of black market, but uh, illegal black market between both countries. But they represent in volume 70% of the world production. Unfortunately, it's not the best cacao in the world. Now, I'm somebody who feels like sometimes I have to sneak uh, sneak my chocolate because I, I feel like I'm doing something kind of naughty. Obviously, there's a caloric impact to eating chocolate, but there's some health benefits too, aren't there? Absolutely. Uh, but mainly, uh, they bring pleasure to you, and pleasure is part of the reasons we feel better, and we are more happy, and therefore more healthy. Uh, but it's true that the cocoa butter included in the chocolate bar, uh, it's a of the weight of the cacao bean is a fat called cocoa butter, and this is as good for health as the olive oil. Uh, What is bad in chocolate is mainly the sugar. And uh, so for me, it's extremely, uh, I feel very uncomfortable when I read articles saying that chocolate is good for health, because there is always this sugar inside that is not good for health, whatever angle you look at it. And milk chocolate is full of sugar, white chocolate even more. So we are talking about dark chocolate as being perhaps the best for health. And even more, the, the cocoa powder. If you take a tablespoon of cocoa powder every morning in hot water without sugar, without milk, and swallow it, it's absolutely not ple- pleasant, but it's full of antioxidants. I rather eat chocolate for pleasure. I, I agree with you on that one. How can one differentiate? I mean, this, is, this reminds me of, of certainly the way people approach wine and the way people approach uh, cheese and and other uh, other you know areas of, of cuisine other food and drink that there's a tremendous variety in them and there's also uh, quality variations in them how do people differentiate between what we what you would consider or how can one differentiate between sort of the the best and then the just sort of okay chocolate because people make a quite a study of this 
Absolutely. When uh, you have chocolate, people tasting chocolate, and I am part of it at the professional level, and the method of tasting is very close to uh, tasting coffee, tea, olive oil, etc., because you are looking for uh, acidity, bitterness, astringency, and also aromatic families, uh, intensity, complexity, and length of uh, end of mouth and duration of the pleasure or the experience. So the way you listen to the body is the same whatever products you are tasting, but the notes you find in chocolate are different from those you find in coffee, tea, etc. But for most people, uh, it is quite easy to um, see the difference between a bad quality chocolate and something that is more interesting, better quality. Uh, to summarize, uh, a mass market chocolate, because for me a mass market chocolate has so far never been really good. Um, mass market chocolate is, is uh, characterized by a very high uh, temperature roasting, which gives uh, almost a burnt taste to the cacao, or just the cacao and nothing else. And then you have very often artificial vanilla added. Whatever they call it, natural or not, it tastes like artificial vanilla. And when you swallow the chocolate, this is what is left over in your mouth, something a bit uh, burnt, spicy, cacao, like cacao powder, and the artificial vanilla. This is a mass market experience. And then when you have the opportunity to try a fine chocolate, real fine chocolate, not because it's written on the packaging, but because they are really fine. They are like an excellent good wine, an excellent wine. You have uh, aromas that are unusual, that are complex, that are floral or fruity or woody. Um, they are uh, nutty. They are complex, like listening to a concert uh, of a classical uh, concert with many instruments playing at the same time everyone bringing its contribution and giving you a music in the body that lasts for long and is pleasant. What so, is the difference, by the way? Why is it that, for example, I can get, uh, I mean, I assume there are, there are a few factors, but I'm wondering which one is, is the sort of most important in, in the price differential. You can get a, a big bar of Hershey's chocolate for, you know, $2 or something or a dollar. I mean, you can, you can get a lot of chocolate cheaply or you can go, I'm here in New York City. If you go to a store that some of my listeners might be familiar with called the uh, uh, Maison du Chocolat, you'll think to yourself, okay, this is about as expensive as illegal drugs. <laughs> so <laughs> so why, is, it, is it the fondeur? Is it the way they make the chocolate? Or is it the ingredients, a combination? Why is there this huge price? Just the brand name? What, what's the, what's the uh, price differential? What, what causes it? Well, uh, if you go to La Maison du Chocolat, what you would buy is mainly chocolates with a filling, what we call bonbon chocolat. Uh, but the real chocolate is the chocolate bar, and I would rather go to the meadow in New York if I were there to buy many chocolate bars made uh, following the values of the movement bean to bar, usually with two ingredients and top quality cacao. The difference mainly is like a very good wine and a, a cheap wine, is that it will give you a much more complex, intense and long experience and more pleasant if you take a zip of a good wine, you close your eyes and you are taken into something else. You can dream. You have an emotion inside you that invades you. And if you take a mass market chocolate, which is much cheaper, you just have the sugar hit mainly and some cacao atmosphere on the back. And, for, uh, and that's exactly this. You pay for this difference. And this difference is not only the cost of finding a good cacao that has an interesting genetic, that has been proper 
properly uh, cultivated, uh, fermented, dried, uh, stored, but also well interpreted by a chocolate maker who knows his job and will not just burn and add some artificial vanilla. So there are many, many people involved in giving you the ultimate pleasure in a chocolate bar. And this has a cost. And if you are going to be a true connoisseur, uh, you're supposed to drink, as I understand it. Now, I, I will not lie. I drink cow milk with my chocolate. <laughs> it's a little, this is, a, this is the, the truth. But you're supposed to drink water with it, right? So it doesn't interfere with the flavors if you're going to really do it right. Absolutely. You organized well your interview. <laughs> it is uh, the best uh, drink to go with uh, chocolate is to clean the palate, which is water, something neutral. And I even take warm water because the warm water uh, will uh, dilute the cocoa butter that sometimes sticks to your palate. And if you want to taste many chocolates, uh, you need to clean the effect of one before you experience the effect of the second one. Chloe Dutre-Roussel, uh, author of the book, The Chocolate Connoisseur, for everyone with a passion for chocolate. You can learn more about Chloe at uh, www.chloe-chocolat.com. Chloe, thank you so much for joining us. It's fascinating. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Merry Chocolate Christmas. Merry Chocolate Christmas to you, too. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. 